this is where you begin to get into the territory of like trying to discern between genuine feedback and them feeling like they just need to change something to just yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's um you know it's one of those things that when i send over a design i I always preface you don't have to make any changes if you don't want that you know it's it's fine it's i've put a lot of thought into this don't feel obligated to get feedback Hey there, and welcome to the WP Elevation podcast. I'm Mike Killen, a WP Elevation coach and WordPress marketing funnel specialist based in Devon in England. Today, I'm talking to Andre from Project Huddle. I'm a massive, massive fan of what Project Huddle have been doing. We're going to be talking about client feedback, how to deal with uh, scope creep, how to deal with those kind of weird objections where they're like, can we make the logo a little bit bigger? Andre's got some amazing ways and tips of dealing with it. One in particular that I absolutely love. Um, Yeah, so uh, stick around for this episode and I'll see you at the end. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Hey, this episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by WP Elevation. Well, more specifically, it's brought to you by a bunch of our happy customers. See, frankly, I feel a little bit awkward telling you how great WP Elevation is because you're probably not going to believe me because WP Elevation is my baby. It's something that we started over three years ago. Of course, now we're a team of of coaches and mentors and we have hundreds and by the time you're listening to this, probably thousands of members all over the world. But it still really is something that I'm very passionate about. And, And of course, if you join WP Elevation, we make revenue and we make profit. So it's a little bit awkward if I tell you how great it is because you probably think I'm just trying to sell you on it. And partially I am because I know how beneficial the program is. So what I'd love to do instead is just introduce you to some of our customers. So if you go to wpelevation.com slash the podcast, all one word, you'll be able to hear some of those stories from our customers and hear for yourself how WP Elevation has impacted their business and changed their lives. I hope you enjoy that and I hope you check it out at some point. Right now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey guys, so I am with Andre from Project Huddle. Andre, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you for asking. So for those who don't know who you are, Andre, and what Project Huddle is, what's that all about? What do you guys do? Yeah, so <clears throat> my name is Andre. I've been in WordPress business for 10 years. Wow. Started off on the agency side, ended up getting fired from that job. Um, <laughs> started my own shop out of, out of, I think, desperation yeah. uh, for money. and. Yeah. Um, started trying my, uh, my hand at WordPress themes on, and on my marketplace called ThemeForest. Yep. I'm sure many of you are familiar with that. Yep. Um, just got in at the right time, built some great products and, and kind of shifted my focus from agency freelance stuff to product stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And I just recently launched a new plugin called Project Huddle, which makes it so much easier to get feedback from your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, it organizes it and makes it real actionable for you. Yeah. So this is kind of what we wanted to talk about today because it was a problem that we were experiencing ourselves at our own agency was uh, client feedback, scope creep, and also just managing that dialogue between the customer, right? We, we always really struggled with this. And um, it was actually uh, a colleague of mine um, who runs uh, another couple of podcasts. What was it? There's a couple of guys who recommended me Project Huddle, right? 
why is the problem of client feedback and scope creep and project management on a website that's currently being built or going to be built, why is that so important to get right as an agency? That's, that's a really good question. Um, part of it has to do with the fact that uh, if you are a web development freelancer or an agency, you are running a service business. So a lot of these people have never done this before. Um, they're not familiar with the process. They don't know um, how to give feedback, what kinds of things to talk about. Um, and, if, and the flip side, what we do is something so special. Like we're not accountants, we're not lawyers, we're not, we're not doing something boring. We're building amazing things. So people really want to be involved in the process. Yeah. So I think it's, it's part of your product is to include yeah. your clients in the process and really get them excited about what you're doing. That's such a good point. And I think because there's this sort of blend of um, emotions that customers go through. We only recently signed off on like another project and they said there's a big feeling of almost overwhelm to them when they finally see their website and they can actually look at it and touch it. Designs are fine. Prototypes are fine. But when they can actually look at it and going through that process, I think clients can't help themselves. They want to make little tweaks and changes. You know, they Mm -hmm. want to go through that process Something that I particularly like about Project Huddle, I think now that I recall, it was actually um, Nathan uh, from the WP Builds podcast who recommended it to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you you were on their podcast as well? Yeah, yep. yeah. And I think kind of, uh, I must have listened to that. And the big thing that I'd always found with client feedback was they would send me an email saying, hey man, well, they'd send it to our guys and I would forward it on. And they would say, we really like these colors. Can we change them? And they would think that that's a really big project. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's a few seconds, not that they know. And the other side, they're like, <laughs> we could restructure this page template. And I'm like, that's a huge, you can't just ask for that. And it's managing and keeping track of all that. You know, it's, it's whether you like it or not, client feedback is about project management. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And right now, it, it seems like some of the best tools that people have, or the, the go-to tool, I should say, is email And when you talk about scope creep, when people, when you have a a, um, platform like email where you can't really organize it together, Mm -hmm. people shoot off emails when they think of things and then they forget about them. And then, oh, let's change this. They shoot it off. They forget about that one. When you have a project management system or like in the case of Project Cuddle, someplace where you can organize all that and both you and your client can see what changes are being requested, Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot easier for the client to understand uh, scope increase or whether or not the changes they're asking fit into the budget. Yeah. So uh, it's like, you know, we, we tend to think of web design in these silos, right? Yeah. You have a budget and then you do the project and it's complete, but there's so many things that happen in yeah, between. It, it definitely doesn't happen. Like yeah. that, you know? when, exactly. So when you're, when you're talking about changes, you you might also have to talk about the budget and yeah. the scope of the project and everything. So it's, um, okay. Organizing all that is, I think, top priority for. So, for. yeah, it's interesting that 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 thing about it's not it's not always in silos. You know, it is an ongoing process, and there's communication between it. I want to talk a little bit about the big thing about like project management scope group making changes and amendments. You know, it's part of the process. You know, you, you sometimes miss the mark. And I think even as we design things and we say, right, that's it, it's set in stone, even we see stuff that when, it, when it's built 
there's something slightly off with it and we want to make sure that it's handled correctly. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm a WordPress you know, business, maybe I'm a consultant, maybe I'm only one person at the moment, I'm trying to start my business up and I've got a few projects under my belt and a new one comes in. What can I start doing from the offset to start managing scope creep, managing client work? What are some of the first steps that I can go through? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, it all comes down to communication, obviously. And I think I, I, I don't remember where, where I heard this, but it's sort of my mantra that you can't over communicate to a client. There's no, there's no such thing as too many emails. I read that somewhere. I should have, I should know where it is, but, <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, right away, it probably starts off with getting the information you need from the customer or your client. Um, cause they don't always know what they need. They, they know their goal, yeah. but it's up to you to paint the picture of how to get there. Yeah. 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 Uh, especially if it's a, a complex project, you really have to go through and fine tune every part of it as best you can. And no matter what you have to realize once you do this, you're going to get started with the project and things are going to change. There's no project that just stays static start to finish. So you have to build that into your proposal as well, some padding and some other things. That's interesting. So we actually, before we even start asking for feedback, we're actually working on creating a buffer and understanding that, yeah, do you know what? This is going to be, have to be part of our mindset and our process and, our, and the way we treat customers is to know that there's an open communication channel. We're not mm-hmm. even, we haven't even delivered the thing to get feedback on yeah. yet and we're already planning, which is such a good point because I think a lot of the time they get to the design stage as a designer, as a developer, we go, the customer is going to weep at this because it's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be bang on what they want. And they go, Oh, there's a, there's a few changes we want to make or it, it's so crushing, isn't it? Right? I love this. And they're like, yeah, we should do this. Like, yeah. No, I thought about this for so long. Um, so part of the process that we teach at WP elevation is first of all, we have a prototype, which is basically saying how your website won't look like this, but it will function like this. And it mm-hmm. allows, now most people have obviously used a website, but it just goes through kind of a, a pretty blank gray template. We have one, it's very, very bland, but people can go through it. Then we do the design. Now we actually do that in browser and mm-hmm. we don't send them the site. We send them screenshots. So we'll take full length screenshots and we try to get feedback from them. But what you're saying is that before I've even given that part of them over, I need to be one aware that I need to be really, really communicating everything that goes on to the customer, but also potentially build in a bit of a buffer knowing that, yeah, do you know what 20 hours it's going to take or whatever the process is, there's potentially, you know, five hours or two hours or whatever that I'm going to add in as a buffer, make sure I charge for, cause there are going to be changes taking place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's going back to communication. It's one thing when I work on client projects is I, I also budget in for the time it takes to communicate things because then I know I will do it. Right. <laughs> it's not just, the, the amount of take it's gonna, the amount of work it's gonna take to finish the website. It's the amount of work it's gonna take plus communicating things and going through the back and forth changes. That's a really good point. Really good. Okay, so let's say we've built built that into our proposal. You know, um, we've got got that in our mindset. Personally, what we started doing is we have a checklist and each individual stage of the of the pro- process that we go through, we'll just fire off an email to say, oh, we've 
uh, we've booked a, a time for you guys to do the discovery session or the deep dive session or your branding session. And when we're moving into the website bit, we, we kind of have these little emails that say, uh, we've just, um, we've built your landing pages, you know, just little things like that, that help them kind of, kind of ticking along. But let's say that we have built into our, our proposal. We understand that over communicating and really making sure that everything is as open and clear as possible. What, what do I need to start focusing on next then? You mean after you do the proposal? Yeah. Like once you're building the site? Sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think um, there's, there's sort of a skill involved in asking a client for feedback. Okay. Right. So um, I, in, in my view, I would never send over a design and say, what do you think? Yeah. Right. Because yeah. a lot of people have not, never done this before, or um, if they have, it's very limited. So um, I think it really helps ask specific questions that you need feedback on to make sure that those are answered. Um, and a lot of times that's, uh, you know, if you use something like Project Huddle, you can drop little notes right on the site and say, what do you think of this? Or, um, you know, even different versions. Or uh, a lot of times what I like to do is sit down with a call or sit down with them and walk through exactly the thought process uh, for putting things together and then finding out uh, answers that I need to continue. Yeah. So I think it's not just... Um, communication it's uh the right kind of communication interesting so can you give us an example of let's say let's say i've sent over it's a pretty standard site it's nothing complex like an e-commerce or an lms site or anything like that it's pretty standard i've sent over some kind of design to the customer perhaps it is because you actually do have the ability to comment on images with project huddle right yes so project Huddle covers um I guess however you work. Some people start in a program like Sketch and then yeah. show mockups, so you could do that. Uh, Project always works on live websites, uh, WordPress, Shopify, whatever website you want. Um, and so they can draw up these, uh, you call them sticky notes on the site. Uh, so it's really contextual, They're just and it's real easy for the client, it's point and click, so they don't need to tr describe a change, they can just click on it and tell you about it. Because this is, it's also, communication is a funny word because it's not talking and listening. It's this kind of dance that you have to do with a customer because they also might not necessarily know how to put into words what they want to change. Like a lot of the time they'll go, can we have it a bit more luxurious? And I'm like, I <laughs> don't know what that means. Like, what do you mean luxurious? You know, give it some pop. That's yeah. a <laughs> can, we it, can we make it pop? Yeah. Uh, you know, and so there's an element of asking those questions that if we send over those designs, how do we, how, how are we able to interpret what they've sent back to us? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a, there's a magic question that I use. Good. Yeah. I say, can I ask why? Right. Nice. So, um, somebody will say whether it's a vague thing or not, or we should make the logo bigger is a common one. Um, can I ask why? Right? <laughs> And they're forced to explain uh, why it is that, that they think this is going to convert sales or whatever the end goal ends up being. Um, I think that's, it's not necessarily that they're wrong or they're um, like the logo shouldn't be bigger. Maybe they have a good reason for it. And those reasons are more important than the actual change. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the, yeah. this is where you begin to get into the territory of, like trying to discern between genuine feedback and them feeling like they just need to change something to justify. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, it's one of those things that 
when I send over a design, I, I always preface, you don't have to make any changes if you don't want. That's you know, it's, it's fine. It's, I've put a lot of thought into this. It not, don't feel obligated to get feedback. I like that a lot. I'm actually, that's, um, I think that might be our little stinger. Is actually <laughs> the, the, One of the key points to uh, getting client feedback is letting them know, you know, you don't have to change anything on this. Yep. That's good. Maybe, maybe they don't know because I think a lot of the time, you know, it's their business. It's, you know, their website, it's their content, their brand, their colors. Mm -hmm. They feel, oh, I really should be doing something. Otherwise people can be like, well, what's, what's, what's this guy being paid for? And actually, well, you have sent it over to us as designers and developers. We actually kind of know what we're doing and you might be fine with it. You know, that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. absolutely. That's great. So yeah, so you you ask why, right? That's ultimately on on the feedback that does come back. You do say, "Can I ask why?" What do they tend to? Yeah, come yes. Back with, you know. Well, I think the importance of that question is they don't. They might request a change, but is that really what they want? Right? Yeah. It's they're more or less asking about a goal and not a specific change. You know, we're 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 uh, designers and developers. We we understand mm-hmm. how to make a site convert. For instance, um, they're sort of guessing at what will increase those odds yeah. or whatever the goal ends up being. I'm just using that as an example. But the important reason to ask why is maybe it's not necessarily that the logo needs to be bigger. Maybe it just needs um, more branding help throughout the page. Right. So there's uh, it's it's almost like you want to find out the problem before you go diving right into the solution. Yeah. And it's, it's a really, really interesting conversation when you start to have with a customer and you say, okay, why is that? And a lot of the time they're, they're actually quite relieved that you ask that and they go, well, actually it's because like only recently we had an LMS and uh, it's a red and gray color scheme. And the customer's like, look, man, can we change the font and the size of the font and the color of the font? Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. What were you thinking? to the colors of, and can I ask why? He said, I'm just having a real hard time reading it. And I think the other guys are going to have a hard time reading it. And we ran through it and we kind of were like, well, actually that doesn't, has nothing to do with the font. That's the background of the page. And yes. it was being a completely different task that we had to do. It was the actual, the back, the cut, the page color, nothing to do with what they thought the solution was. Because again, like you say, we're the conversion experts. We're supposed to be the guys who are actually guiding a lot of these feelings and um and and worries and concerns that they're having you know Mm -hmm. absolutely right yep that's a great example interesting okay so we ask we ask why on the feedback they either give us a good reason you know or they give us a bad reason like oh my nephew says that i should do it like (laughs) your nephew can go and have a conversation (laughs) with me then when we're getting client feedback and we we see that there has been something come back and you, we build up a task list and I sound like I'm gushing a little bit. So apologies guys. Um, Project huddle has a way of actually just kind of everything on the page is listed out and we basically will go through them. We'll just, we'll just tick, we send them off to our guys and tick them off. When something has come through as a task, how do you then, or when do you then do that? How do you do that? Cause sometimes it's actually kind of too late in the design stages, I think sometimes. And other times I'm like, well, this is a literally like a four second job. This is something I do in theme. You know, how do you balance those different types of, of, of uh, tasks? 
Yeah, that's a good question. And it probably goes back to the proposal and the budget you set. I mean, I think I'm one of those people that, um, you know, there's client feedback kind of gets a bad rap. There's yeah. blogs dedicated to clients from hell and all this, yeah. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think client, client feedback can be a blessing because yeah. it's sort of like um, uh, a good way to increase the project budget or, uh, you know, upsell certain areas, or you might go down some avenue and this project scope could change and the website could end up better as a result. So um, it's, you got to think about it as, oh no, we had this plan, you're, you're ruining the plans. It's not, that's not the case because the plan's never set in stone. It's more, um, now you don't need to upsell or cross sell or anything. It's sort of built into your client feedback process. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, you know, we have examples where people have said, oh, can we do this and can we do this? And we've been pretty open and honest. And we say, I don't know if that's within the budget, man. But if you yeah. want, we'd be happy to scope this out. If this is something you want to talk about, we have a quick discovery session. Turns out they do want it. Because it's like, it's ludicrous to assume that every business knows exactly what it's going to be doing for every single project and have all its ducks lined in a row. Some of these guys don't even know that some of this technology is available to them. Like it's, yes. it's literally magic. Oh, to yes. them. Yep. <laughs> so if they go, Oh, I, can we have Vimeo embedded in our pages? <laughs> yeah, you super can. Oh, right. <laughs> like, can we talk about that? You know, and, and it's, it's sometimes missed in the discovery session, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I love the idea of leading into to upsells. How do you manage like some of the smaller tasks that are done just kind of there and then? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I mean, it depends on if you have a team that or not, um, smaller changes. Uh, I, per, I personally sort of try and with the padding build into the estimate, um, just to make sure that I'm kind of compensated for them. Yeah, sure. But most of the time, you know, it's, it's, um, if it's not going to majorly change the goals of the website, just take care of them. Yeah, see, this is now, see, the small changes in, in some respects are, are what I consider more dangerous. Yeah, because, sure. And one of the problems we found, we have this built into our proposals now, is that, first of all, they don't get design revisions, right? I think that's, I think that's a myth, um, mm -hmm. that people should be given three designs and they'd be able to, we have, I think, once you have a design from us, because we only build one so, sort of site, I'm like, there's a reason that all our portfolio sites pretty much look the same because we only build one type. You're not mm -hmm. going to get a huge amount of revisions. But also, we make it really clear that if you send me one email with one task, I will treat that as a block of time in the same way that I will treat an email with 100 tasks. So don't send me hundreds of emails. I want you to bulk your feedback up because that's how, that's the only way it's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want going backwards and forwards all the time. You know, I think, yep. I think it's quite destructive to a project. How do you handle that? It's interesting. Um, I probably should handle it like that. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ruthless. Like I gotta, I gotta retake the, the WP elevation. <laughs> well, because <laughs> the reason I found that is that Customers, they want to give feedback and they're a massive fan of using the interface on Project Huddle, but they get a bit click happy. Sure. And most of them are pretty good. I talk them down out of it. To be honest, most of our customers are kind of paying pretty decent project budgets. They actually don't want to spend the time, you know, doing that. But eventually those 50 individual small tasks are actually going to stack up, you know, when do you sort of yeah. draw line, you know? That's a good, that's a good point. I think in the case of using project cuddle, it makes it a little bit easier for 
the client to visualize exactly what they're asking. They see on one page all the tasks they've asked you to do. So it's, it's no surprise when you come back to them and say, look, this is a lot. We didn't, we didn't address this in the project scope. Um, okay. If we want to do this kind of stuff, or you know, even though they're all small changes, they add up. So, um, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I think the other part is, um, you know, knowing knowing your client a little bit or getting to know to know them before you start the project. They're the type of client that seems like they would want to change everything if you gave them this huge amount of control. Maybe it's more used for like project calls more used internally. Like if you have a remote team or something, um, you can communicate your changes that way, uh, rather than giving the client all the control they they would probably abuse. (laughs) That's such a good point um, that we've even done that. And also, it's funny because you mentioned uh, clients from hell earlier, and one of the things I read on there a lot is to go, "Oh, this customer had this that, and they never paid me," and I was like. All of that's your fault. Yes. You didn't qualify the customer. <laughs> you didn't spend enough time discovering them. And you didn't get a deposit up front. That's mm-hmm. not the customer's fault. That's your fault for doing that. So sometimes when we get client feedback and I'm like, wow, this person hates everything, is constantly trying to change everything. I'm like, did I ignore the warning signs? You know, mm-hmm. like maybe project management starts even before the customer's even signed on. It's, it's a part of the qualification process, you know? Yeah, that, that's true. I think true with any business. Yeah. yeah. Even, um, you know, you apply it to your life, even dating or something, you definitely pre-qualify people before you go on a date and doing a website project is almost like getting married at some, you know, cause there's money involved. So, yeah. And it's, it's very emotional, you know, yeah, it's people's absolutely. businesses, you know, they're, they're putting their heart and soul into some of this stuff. And there's you coming along and saying, Oh, what do you want to change? Of course they want to have control of everything. So over some, some people are just, that's the way they are. That's, they are so inclined. And, you know, we say if you want to make that many changes and if you want to work with us, the budget actually goes up. Like the more involved the client is, the, the higher the budget goes. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever heard the phrase, everybody thinks they're a designer? Yeah. yeah. Have you heard that phrase? I always wondered why people thought that way. When they don't think about that in any other profession, like you go to a doctor, most people don't think they're a doctor or a lawyer. They're not going to go write their own contracts, right? Why is it that people think that designers, I don't think that they think that they are. I just think it's because we're doing something that's so fun. They want to be involved. Yeah. They don't want to do, they don't want to write contracts. They don't want to do their own taxes. They'd love to give feedback on something creative and something that they're building for themselves. So um, I, I guess my point is, I don't think that's ever going to go away. People are always going to want to be a part of the process. And the only thing you can do is make it easier for you and easier for them by communicating. Do you know, so I did, I did product design at uni and we did three years of it. We did CAD, the sculpting, all of this kind of stuff. I walked out of that thinking, man, I know nothing about design. <laughs> I did that for three years. And even now I'm like, man, I'm a, I'm a really bad designer. And yet I think you're absolutely right. Um, particularly when people are like, you know, I'm, I'm very visual. I'm a very visual person. And I'm like, we kind of all are like, we all like we have eyes unless you're yep. blind everyone <laughs> is a visual person and i understand that people like good design but then the trouble comes when 
do you balance? Okay. So how about this, right? Client feedback has to be drawn between it's their project, but it's your name on it. Right. Mm -hmm. One of the big things to me are, are, so um, I've got tons of tattoos and I remember my tattoo artist saying, I will turn down some customers designs because I'm like, I don't want people knowing that I did that. Right. And I always feel almost, almost feel the same about websites sometimes. And they're like, Oh, can we do this? And I'm like, that's going to look awful, but you are paying for it. How do you, how do you balance those two things? That's another really good question. Um, I think when you explain things, or or I guess I set the precedence ahead of time with clients that we're not going to make any decisions based on taste, right? Because everybody's taste is different. We're going to make it based on our goals. So if if it comes down to taste, like I don't like it, we need to dig deeper and find out if it's um, based on anything that will accomplish our goals or if it's just your personal view on on something. Yeah, that's interesting. Make sure it's focused to like the mission of the business, you know? Yep. Absolutely. Right. Cause it's all too quick to go. Look, we want it to look just like Twitter. We want to (laughs) put put our logo on it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, you're like a, you're you're a flower shop, man. You shouldn't be like, that's the wrong direction to go down. And you know, this, that kind of thing is, I, I like it when I'm allowed to give feedback and I also like it when the feedback is managed correctly and people genuinely listen and try to understand that why question is, is genius. It's so obvious. I can't believe I haven't thought of that now. Like, can I ask why? Mm -hmm. And like you said, we do have to kind of balance the fact that this might be the most exciting project that their business has ever done. And they want want to get involved, you know, and we maybe have to embrace that, you know? Yep, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so let's um, let's let's start at the top just to give a bit of a recap. We want to know that we can't over communicate to a client, right? So we want to make sure that we're constantly giving them feedback as much as accepting feedback, right? Yeah, I think, and I think part of that comes to comes down to um, the client is talking. Just listen to them because I think everybody just wants to be heard. You don't have to agree, but I think there's a way um, to communicate with people so that they are being heard and their concerns are being heard, mm-hmm. whether you agree with their, uh, their change or their suggestion or not. I think oftentimes friction comes when you say, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that versus, oh, yeah, I understand because of this. Um, the reason we want to make this change is because of this specific business decision or something. Um, but I can't do that because, so I think, I mean, maybe it's an innate human thing. Everybody just wants to be heard. I think the communication is both ways. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, so yeah, being open to it and, and, um, understanding that they want to give you feedback, but almost they kind of want to vent a little bit Mm -hmm. and maybe sometimes actually they're not that out there kind of they just want to say it and if you go yeah that's a really good idea we can we can look into that half the time actually it doesn't really go anywhere and, and they they just wanted to get off their chest you know yeah so we're we're actually 50 percent therapist 50 percent designers anyway i like that <laughs> i like that a lot yeah because they do it's 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 their business it's their website they're pouring their heart and soul into it um you know and often something I found particularly when the guys have gone through the WP elevation 
the blueprint and the process mm -hmm. is people say, oh, my web designers never asked me these questions before. Like they never oh, really? know more about the business, more about my revenue, my goals, why I want to do this, my products. Yeah, because I think it, as designers, we think how to, how to make something general specific. Like right away, we think, oh, this is your goal. I'm going to use this technology. I'm going to use this platform. I'm going to do this kind of branding, yeah. but without even asking any questions, just because yeah, yeah. We're, we're focusing on things that we really like to do. We really like to build stuff. We really like to use technologies. We really like to do all that stuff, but it's, it's almost um, uh, out of our wheelhouse to, to ask business questions and to find out more about somebody. So that's a really, that's a really good point. Well, we found that the more we know about their business, and like it, the design side is kind of secondary. You know, we, the more we know about their business, the easier it is for us to handle feedback. Cause just like you said, when they go, can we make that logo a little oh, bit? Oh yes. Yes. And I'm like, well, is that going to help you? Like that's not going to help you get from 1 million to 1.2 million. Does it need to be done? You know? Yes. Cause then, cause then you're speaking their language. You're not just talking as web designer. You're talking as a business partner, which is, what people want yeah yeah and and they want a lot of the time they haven't had anyone kind of riff with them about this kind of stuff you know and all of a sudden you've transitioned it's kind of like the upsell thing you were talking about you've transitioned yep. from okay they're just going to design us a website to oh this person really understands my business they understand my revenue goals who i am my vision my values and they've said to me and i trust them that actually fuchsia pink with a blue background not that good for <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah that's, language that's very interesting because I, I can think of a number of projects where um, we've talked over changes and the business actually changed a bit by the end of the process oh absolutely right where we were asking difficult questions about their business um, based on you know the context of their website mm -hmm. and they end up simplifying or changing pricing or stripping out something or, or whatever in their business. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like uh, the website is one Avenue, but you're really putting their business into the digital realm. So you, you need to know everything about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fantastic point. Again, we, we've got examples of that as well. Um, so that was, that was actually just the, <laughs> the first point. So oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. This is awesome. <laughs> Be open to communication. Know that, you know, projects change, people change, businesses change. And it could be that you are, like you say, the therapist or the business consultant. Actually, they didn't realize they were hiring, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely good. right. I like that. Uh, we then had, um, yeah, so this was really good. Don't ask, like, what do you think? We're not just going to send over an entire website. And I've done this in the past. I hold my hands up and, and say, I've made the mistake of just sending them the website and being like, cool, what do you reckon? And they're like, <laughs> it's too much input. There's too much. There's no way that they can give positive. It's like asking someone to watch all three Lord of the Rings movies at once and being like, <laughs> what did you think? You know, <laughs> it's way too much input. I like that analogy. <laughs> all three Lord. I, for some reason I was envisioning all three Lord of the Rings movies at the same time, like on three different screens. Yeah. That's but. what I would see. Right. There would be, <laughs> uh, there's a, this is way off topic now. Have you seen, uh, there's a YouTube channel, red letter media where they watch like at the time there are only three transformers films and they watch like all three side by side. To oh, man, I could head. do that. No, they were like, they were getting headaches. They were like, it was just, it's just too much input. 
Really? Yeah. Um, be healthy. No, definitely. Not. I'm surprised none of them got nosebleeds. But that's kind of what we do sometimes, right? We actually ask for too much feedback and we kind of have to scale that down. And, and your thing here was to ask specific questions, right? That's specific questions because as you're going in, th- and really, um, sometimes it's not, it's not something you want to wait to send over the design. Maybe you need to ask questions as you're going, but, um, you know, I think when you do ask specific questions that they're not, like I said, they're not based on taste. So are you digging this color is not, is not a good question. It should be more, uh, specific to, to the goals, right? Like, um, um, or, or something more related to their business and less, less UI specific questions. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's say they do give us some feedback, you know, they use project huddle and they use little markers or they send over some couple of emails to us. Your point here was, can I ask why now I'm assuming that's not for every single change. Some of them might be relatively obvious. Yeah, of of course. And, um, honestly, I think at some point it's the best thing you could do is just get on the phone with, or get on a, a call with somebody. I think as web designers, we like to, use all this technology, project management tool, email, et cetera, et cetera, when really face-to-face conversations are sometimes the quickest way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you th- thinking about um, the whole project, you know, you want to limit uh, a lot of the extraneous things, like if you're doing a quote, you don't want to spend too much time doing the quote, or mm-hmm. communicating with clients, you don't want to spend 75% of your time with communication and 25% on the project. So I think one-on-one conversations are like the fastest way to get immediate feedback. Um, but then I think you supplement it with other tools like project huddle and email, just so you have documentation of things and things are neatly organized. Yeah, that's a really good. I, I, it's, it's the management of the tasks that we actually struggle with, with the feedback. We got to the point where we were actually really happy to hear what people wanted. We even agreed with them on some of the changes. We like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a really good point. We don't need a search bar up there. You know, let's, let's get rid of it. But actually, it was the management of then going through those tasks. Oh, sure. You know, afterwards, it's, it's kind of like, where do we collate all of this different feedback? Because some of it is on the phone. Some of it's on a peer.in. Some of it's on Zoom. Some of it's on Skype. Some of it's in the office. Some of it's via email. Some of it's via Project Huddle. And now it's like, well, how do we, how do we collate that? Now, again, we typically use Project Huddle for pretty much everything because it, it organizes it. But there's a... there's there's that point where you have to kind of actually go, all right, well, let's actually start doing these changes now, you know? Yeah. And, and that's one of the, the reasons I built Project Huddle. So there, there are a lot of solutions to this problem. There's a lot of sticky note tools. There's Envision. Mm-hmm. Everybody's familiar with that. There's Bug Herd for getting live feedback. But nothing is uh, self-hosted. So you can't integrate with the things you're using very easily. Yeah. If, if you're a web developer and you have a WordPress plugin, project huddle you could integrate it with your project management system or into Trello or whatever system you end up using for it that kind of stuff is important but um i think i just think that email is is definitely the worst for getting feedback so i i think if you're doing you know a project management tool plus like project huddle for, for yeah. immediate feedback, i think that's sort of miles ahead of using simple email communication and i tell you the reason i don't like email and i get a lot of kind of shocked responses when i tell people this i only check my emails once a day and it's at midday from 12 to 1 that's it and people are like oh you know what if clients have feedback and i'm like 
if they have feedback, we have got project times where we're going to go through. The worst that's going to happen is they're going to wait 24 hours. If it's a genuine emergency, I'm probably in the building. And what we have found about you know project management tools is that customers don't expect instant feedback when it's on another platform. They treat email like an instant messenger, but they know yeah. they're giving feedback via another platform. That that's just part of the process. It has to go through a cycle. It's going to wait, you know, when, when they open up and they've got like 15 emails and like, why hasn't any of this been done yet? I'm like, because you've just sent it to me. Like <laughs> I'm not an instant messenger. This is email. It's supposed to be opened when I open it, you know? So that's why we try to separate where we get our feedback from. Cause it, it stops the customer kind of panicking a little bit, you know? That's a great point. I think there's something maybe personal that's attached to email. I'm sending it to you. I'm yeah. not sending it to the agency or to the, the project management yeah. app. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it does become personal, doesn't it? Um, when we're looking at our, um, when we're looking at the feedback and we're looking at changes that need to be made, it's important for us to remember to work within our budget and our proposal, right? And frankly, like you say, if you communicate with the customer, they're pretty good at that, and they understand that. Yeah, do you know what? Twelve thousand dollars, twenty-five thousand dollars. It's not going to get that much further. Like we've got to be mm-hmm. diligent with our time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times I, I, I find, oh, we actually decided we really need this feature that we didn't talk about beforehand. Yeah. It's not like, oh, we can't do it without a, a scope increase. Maybe we can have some other stuff that we're going to do and fit yep. it in. You know, yep. as, as we discover your business and as you discover what you want your website or, or e-commerce store or whatever, whatever you want it to be, you know, we can change. It's not like we're doing brochures and we're printing them and handing them out to people and it's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Can, it's, it's a dynamic process and you're building a dynamic product that'll probably change within the first six months of launching anyway. I almost see kind of the first part of the initial like architecture of the website as like a proving ground a lot of the time. Because the more I think about it, the more times customers have said, can we do this as well? Wouldn't you know it? We've got the budget, extra budget for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's because they've seen like how we've built the rest of it. They're like, well, we're happy with this. Imagine how happy we'd be with this extra little feature, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think clients think, uh, in terms of we're going to pay for you to build a website, it's going to be finished and then that'll be it. Yeah. You know, and, and when we talk about features and we talk about things often early on in the conversation, I talk about version one versus version two. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Right. And I, I, I like to do the mantra that um, done is better than perfect, right? Yes. Having a website is better than not having a website. 100%. So we're going to make it the best we can, but um, we have to make sure that, um, you know, we have the features in version one that are, are just needed and features in version two that are maybe the, the nice to haves. Because I think what happens is after you end up launching a site anyway, you get live information from customers. So if you're launching an e-commerce store, we can analyze the funnel. Oh, guess what? People are dropping off here. They're having the same question over and over. Yep. We need to address. Yep. We, that there's no way you could even know ahead of time. So mm-hmm. uh, I think there's value in taking small incremental steps and building the project dynamically with your customers. Mm-hmm. So I think building that into the conversation, when we're talking about scope and they're talking about changes, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's 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 helpful to have the clients take a step back and say, we don't really know all this information yet, but we will after we launch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's such a good point. And again, it, it comes back to this fact that websites are living, breathing things 
they're always changing they're always growing why not take this opportunity as a designer developer consultant whatever you want to be and be a part a business partner in that part of the process you know mm -hmm. that's yeah. great yeah really good great. which kind good of terminology. brings us on to point number five which was weirdly one of the best ways to understand client feedback is building a relationship with the client right <laughs> yeah what a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah building a relationship getting another business i think was uh you know parent point number should be point number one i think but okay we, we, we can move that to point number one. we'll move it okay that's fine. We're saying the business because I think there's no way you can build websites are such a personal product. There's no way you can build yeah. a website without understanding the business. Mm -hmm. Not like you need to become a lawyer and understand everything about contracts if you're building a site for a lawyer, but you need to understand the goals at the very least. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that we found is something actually that our customers love is we'll do a lot of in-depth research into their customers. So we do a bunch of like um social media analytics, SEO analytics, yeah. all this kind of stuff on, on their customers to understand more about. And we'll often come back to them and say, oh, did you know that your customers absolutely love this guy called like, you know, whatever, the points guy or whatever. I'm using a real example there. And people are like, no, we've never heard of him. Who is he? We're like, well, he's got 17 million followers. You know, he's huge. Your customers love him. You know, let's look at what he's doing. And by doing a bit of research, because you understand who they are and who their business is, they love that. And again, it elevates you above just a web designer. You know, yeah. suddenly you're becoming this partner, you're becoming a part of that relationship, you know? That's why it's, it's I think it's great that, um, like, you're, you're a, a, a instructor on WP Elevation, because there's such a huge marketing component <laughs> yeah. to what we do. And if you do, like, like marketing research ahead of time, if your client has that kind of budget, it's so much easier to justify changes in decisions uh -huh. um, versus just building something that they think that their customers want yeah. or that you might think the customers want. But until you do the research and understand, understand them from a marketing perspective, I think it's, um, yeah. I don't know, I just think that's so important. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. The final little piece, which is kind of, I can understand why it's point number six, but maybe we could move it up, is about qualifying the customer in the first place. Sure. Uh, how a customer handles <laughs> feedback right at the beginning to things like proposals and stuff might give you an indication of how they're going to manage the rest of the project. And obviously, you, you, you qualify more. I've heard, how did someone say it to me? Um, <laughs> good decisions come from experience and experience comes from bad decisions. So you have to go through the bad customers to know who you want to qualify out, but you do want to qualify that next customer. Yeah. Cause that's going to help with the feedback, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you noticed, but it seems like when I accept lower budget products, there's more, it's almost like they're worse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's like, they're, they're more into the project. They're more concerned about it. And the, as the project scope gets bigger, for some reason, there's a lot. They trust you more, I think, is, is probably yeah. what I've, I've literally talked about this on the WP Elevation blog where the reason why I think, and, and Troy's talked about this as well, is, uh, and we've, we've done it. We've all done $1,000 websites. You know, we've all done them. You got to start somewhere. I mean, everyone has to do it. And even, even up to, I'm finding now $10,000 sites. I'm finding because that's a lot of money to that particular customer. They may be new. They don't have a huge amount of faith in their product. And yet, I end up working harder with them and yet customers that are higher 25, 30, 45 and on 
because they understand that's a part of their budget, they've got an established business, they know that we're going to help them. They're more concerned with <clears throat> me, Box, and Mike's team probably know what they're doing. They've done it for a bunch of other customers. It came from a referral. Let's get them on with it. Let them get on with it. You know, so I completely agree. Lower budget customers tend to be harder to work with and give more feedback. Feedback in quotation <laughs> Feedback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's a great point Andre we're going to wrap it up that's been so 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 refreshing partly because it means that a lot of the guys listening to this know that they're not going insane having to deal with this with a lot of their customers you know yep absolutely right and we still have to go through this yep still have to go through this and you know even even though I've been doing this for 10 years I'll still make mistakes so it's I think maybe a parting advice would be to write a lot of this stuff down and think about it before you meet with a customer for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah, write down the process that you want them to go through. If you want to handle feedback only on a Monday, write that yeah, down and, and yeah, tell yeah. them, you know, you know, that's you, it's your business, you know? Yeah. yeah, totally agree. So how can people find you? How can they reach out to you? How can they say hello? Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. If you want, uh, pro- at Project Huddle is the Project Huddle. And that's um, I also, J-E. personal one. That's my my first letter of my first name and my last name. So we'll probably just put it in the. Uh, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. The, yeah. How do you say your last name? Daniel. Daniel. It's, it's French, but French, it's. I figured it's French. Yeah. Yeah. So A Daniel. Yep. Right. Daniel. Daniel. Yep. G A G N O N. Yep. Yeah, perfect. All right. Like I said, Andre, thank you very much for coming on and, and talking us through that. I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, and hopefully uh, chat to you later. Thanks for having me. All right, cheers, man. See you later. Bye now. Yeah, see you. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast as much as I did. It's nice to know that with client feedback um, and all those kind of scope creep things, we're not going insane. It does happen to everyone and people like Andre are out there trying to solve that various problem, but even he goes through that as well. Make sure to visit wpelevation.com forward slash Andre hyphen Gagnon to watch this episode, get access uh, to all of the show notes and the write-ups. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and a review in iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. Just visit wpelevation.com forward slash iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to your company on the next episode of the podcast. Until then, go elevate.